you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, here for the first time in 2021 with my buddy and co-host, Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, we are in a new year. Yeah, uh, happy new year to you. Happy new year to all our listeners. And, uh, you know, as we're recording this on the night of December 30th, I hope we both actually make it to the new year so that this is a false advertising. I would hope so. I would hope that's the case. We told you yesterday but we are back we got more questions from you guys you guys gave us a lot of questions and made our new year's easy so we are going to get into that but first a reminder to subscribe to locked on dodgers wherever you get your podcast when you get in your car or if you're at home tell your smart device to play podcast locked on dodgers all right jeff let's just uh jump right into this why don't we sounds good all right so Let's go question from Tony Gonzalez at MLGCAT282. He asks, which method is more likely for Friedman to get the right-handed bat he's been wanting all offseason via trade or free agency? Yeah, that's a that, – at first, when I first read that question, I thought I knew the answer. And then a minute later, I thought I knew the answer, but it was the other answer. And then a minute after that, I realized I have no idea because – you know, really, we're talking. There's Justin Turner, there's DJ LeMahieu, but then there's also Chris Bryant, or maybe even Nolan Arenado, or you know, there there are options available or possibly available uh, through both both routes. And I I think the most likely is free agency, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see them do some of both, um, or I or at least uh, kick the tires on both. I, I think it's ultimately going to come down to the price and obviously free agency. The price only involves money. Uh, when you're trading for somebody, it involves both money and uh, prospects usually. And so for that reason, I think free agency is more likely uh, and also possibly because I think Turner and LeMahieu are maybe better fits than uh, than some of the guys who might be available on the trade market, possibly. Uh, but yeah, I I could go either way. Neither one would surprise me, but I think free agency is more likely. Yeah, I'm on that board. I, I don't think they pull the trigger on any big names. But that's also what I said last offseason, and then they ended up getting Mookie Betts. So maybe uh, my reverse jinx will work again. But I do expect them to bring back Turner and then probably get one other right-handed bat that's more of a bench player and versatile option. Uh, all right, next question. We're going to try to answer this appropriately or at least ask it appropriately from Quesley at Quesley2. Um, he uses, uh, he says FMK, and uh, we don't say the F word on this show, nor do we talk about killing people on this show. So on this show, FMK stands for frolic with, marry, or kick out. 
So who would you rather frolic with? Who would you rather marry? And who would you kick out? Out of Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, and Mookie Betts. Yeah, this is an interesting question. And, you know, just right off the bat, I think marriage is going to Corey Seager. Well, he's recently married. But, you know, Seager's just the guy that you want to bring home to mom and dad. And you want to show off to everyone. And, you know, he's just a dreamy guy. So he'll be the one for that. Uh, the next two are obviously a little bit harder. I think <laughs> in the sense of frolic with, I'll go with I'll go with Mookie Betts. I'm, I like to be the person in charge, and I'm bigger than Mookie Betts, so you know, I'm going to be in charge on that end. And uh, sorry, Cody, but you and your video game playing self will just have to be out of this one. Yeah, I, I'm not on board with any question that wants me to get rid of any of these three guys. And so, uh, you know, but I, I guess I, I think I'd marry Mookie, though. And then uh, he does have the most money. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, and Corey and Cody, you know, I, I could go either way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to keep all of them. I, I'm just going to marry all three of them there. I make the I make the rules. That's 2021 whole new rules this year. And in FMK, Jeff is allowed to just. Just M all three of them. So I am marrying all three guys. Hey, you pulled the, the old Utah card. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how Utah it is for one guy to marry three guys. Uh, but, you know, it, it, at least the numbers uh, line up with some form of Utah history. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, that'll do it for the first half. We're going to come back and answer a few more questions. So make sure you keep it locked on Dodgers. All right, back right back into these questions. You guys gave us a lot of good ones. So let's go with Ernie Valles at Ernie underscore V1855. He says, any word on the cost for Blake Trinan? Are the Dodgers in on him? I haven't heard anything about Trinan at all. Um, haven't heard any rumors about what he's looking for. Uh, I, I definitely think the Dodgers are in on him. I think the relief pitcher market is... I think there's a lot of guys available, but not a lot of top tier guys. And so I think Trinan is just kind of just waiting to see what, what develops in the market. And uh, I, I think the Dodgers, it makes sense for him to return to the Dodgers. Uh, he seemed happy with the Dodgers, but obviously everybody seems happy when they're winning, winning a World Series. And so, uh, you know, for for his part, having a say in where he goes, I'm sure he'd be happy coming back to the Dodgers, but ultimately it's going to come down to who wants to pay him. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe maybe being reunited with Liam Hendricks in the Dodgers bullpen, uh, former A's teammates, might be a fun thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, we've talked on yesterday's episode about Liam Hendricks and the Dodgers getting him. And... Part of me thinks they wouldn't get both Hendricks and Trinan, uh, but there's another part of me that thinks, why not? And so, uh, yeah, until I hear otherwise, I'm going to assume the Dodgers are in on Trinan and that they have some sort of advantage in that sweepstakes. Yeah, that's what I was literally about to say. If the Dodgers are probably in on him until they're not in on him, that means somebody paid more than they wanted or... They end up getting more than a couple arms, and then he just kind of gets squeezed out in that sense. Uh, all right, next question from Kevin at Blue Goon 82 uh, He says, I know the Dodgers are still the team to beat, even after the Padres moves, 
but the Padres are closing the gap. When do you think another team will win the National League West? I assume he means a team besides the Dodgers, not a team besides the Dodgers and Padres, because if it was a team other than the Dodgers or Padres, I think it's going to be many, many years. I think the Dodgers and Padres have a lockdown on this, but uh, I think he's asking, when will someone other than the Dodgers win the National League West, Vince? You know, we've we've talked about, obviously this week, the Padres and how the Dodgers are are still a better team overall, but you know, the answer to this question could be 2021, and I wouldn't be completely surprised. You know, some things would have to go wrong on the Dodgers end. Some things would have to go right on the Padres end. But I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer, I don't know, it's hard for me to answer because I don't think the Dodgers are going to give up the NL West anytime soon. Just for the sake, let's say the Dodgers win next year and it's actual full season and they win the World Series again. So they'll be a little bit hungover in 2022. So I'll say 2022, the Dodgers still make the playoffs and still go farther than the Padres. Oh, so so the Padres will win the division in 2022, but the Dodgers yeah. will then knock them out of the postseason? Yes. Hey, it might be fun. You know, the Dodgers have, uh, they haven't gone to the World Series as a wild card team yet, so that might be fun. Yeah, um, you know, we saw in 2018 when the Dodgers were significantly better than the Rockies, and yet it had to go to game 163, and just they had some bad luck during the season and a few other things. So anything can happen in any year. But yeah, I, I think I, I think the Padres win the division in 2025, uh, maybe 2024. I don't think it'll be before that. I think the Dodgers still have a few years left with the d- division on lockdown and, uh, and and maybe even longer than that. But uh, I, I'm pretty, pretty bullish on the Dodgers. Yeah, same. All right, uh, Pat has our next question the real pj dwyer he asks do the 2020 dodgers embody his personal theory of postseason baseball success two to three hot pitchers and clutch hitting wins championships can this be quantified yeah you know i i don't know how well it can be quantified but but yeah for i've always said that the the formula to win the world series is get to the postseason and then get hot you know, in 2014, when the Giants won it, it was 100% because Madison Bumgarner got hot right then. It wasn't even two or three pitchers and clutch hitting. It was one good pitcher pitching 70% of their innings that postseason and, and just being dominant. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to win, but all of them involve some sort of good luck at the right time, whether that's being healthy at the right time or just getting hot, you know, I mean, the Dodgers in game seven of the NLCS, they won because of clutch home runs from Kike Hernandez and Cody Bellinger. Kike Hernandez, who has well-documented struggles at the plate, and Cody Bellinger, who has well-documented postseason struggles. And yet, the, their home runs won the series for the Dodgers. Game five of that series, they won because Will Smith hit a home run off Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith, who by World Series time, you know, had was not even the starting catcher anymore for for different reasons. And so so many different things go into it, but I, I think the the mo the one common denominator in postseason success is guys getting hot at the right time. So yeah, Pat, I don't know if we can really quantify that, but I I think you could look. I mean you look at guys who've won the you know the World Series MVP award or who've been big contributors. You know, the Giants during their run, they got big contributions from guys like friggin' Marco Scudero. Marco Scudero 
is the worst baseball player in history, and yet he helped the Giants win a World Series because he got hot at the right time. Uh, you know, the 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 Royals went to two straight World Series because they had, you know, they had good players. They were good teams, but a lot of it was just, and they were the wild card team in 2014, and they went all the way to the World Series uh, because they got hot at the right time. Mike Moustakis remembered how to hit for like a month. And, and so... Uh, yeah, that that's really what it boils down to is a lot of luck. You give me two to three hot pitchers in clutch hitting, you're yeah, you're probably gonna be successful in the postseason. I think the Dodgers did it a little bit different. I wouldn't even say they had two to three hot pitchers. I just think that they had guys do their job, and then they had people come up clutch when they needed it. I mean, if you could say Julio was a hot pitcher. I don't think Kershaw was a hot pitcher. I think he just did exactly what he did during the regular season. And Bueller the same. I don't think he was a hot pitcher. He kind of was you know, up and down in terms of length, but he also provided them with innings that didn't allow a lot of runs. So, And then the clutch hitting obviously came through and the fact that they broke the record for most two-out RBIs in a postseason. So, yeah, you give me hot pitchers and clutch hitting, you're probably going to be successful. But I think the Dodgers did it with clutch hitting and just people doing their jobs. And, and it, it's worth pointing out that your chances of people getting hot at the right time increase the more good players you have. And so and the that was really the Dodgers formula. You know, they uh, Mookie bets. There's a pretty good chance. You give him enough time. He's going to do something good for you. All right. Let's uh, go on to the next question from Chris at Christopher Goose. He says, how do we feel about Team Bruzdar for closer in 2021? Oh, Bruzdar, I'm I'm so torn on this. I love Bruzdar. I love his personality. I love his his pitching. But the bottom line is he doesn't miss bats yet. And uh, until he is striking out roughly as many guys as you expect a guy who throws 102 to strike out, I'm not going to be on board with him as the closer. Uh, I, I don't know... I don't know what the Dodgers can do to get him striking out more guys because I really do think it – I think I've talked about this on this show before. I think the reason he doesn't strike out many guys is because he has that short delivery and so he doesn't have the perceived velocity because he doesn't have the extension. So he is delivering the ball from farther away than a guy like Aroldis Chapman is. So even though he throws just as hard, it doesn't seem as fast. So the hitter has – more time to react because there's an extra foot or two uh, of distance from when the ball is released. And I, I feel like the way for Gratterall to get those strikeouts up is going to have to come from a tweak to his delivery. And I don't know if that's possible. And so uh, I think Gratterall might be a guy who is a solid setup guy, you know, a solid reliever, a guy who can come in and get some big outs for you. But until he's striking out more guys, I'm not going to trust him as the closer. Yeah, this question can go two ways. How do I feel about Team Bruzdar for closer in 2021? I feel like that's exactly what I want to happen. Uh, but in terms of reality and how likely that is to happen, we're probably not there yet because of the reasons that you mentioned. Um, all right. Uh, looks like we've got a couple more. Um, let's go with Jacob Norling at Jacob Norling on Twitter. Do you think Andrew Friedman should consider asking the Cubs about Chris Bryant after seeing them practically give away you Darvish? I'm sure he's already asked about him or at least had conversations in order to see what the price is for Chris Bryant. And we saw there was a report that the 
Cubs were maybe moving on from Wilson Contreras or he was the next one kind of up on the list. You would imagine if somebody came in and wanted to get Chris Bryant, they may be able to. Um, the Cubs GM, new GM or president, whatever he is, Jed Hoyers said that they're still trying to be competitive, but they're you know kind of extending the window of when that's going to be. And that's kind of him just the only reason he can say that is because the NL Central is so bad that they can give away a couple of these guys and still be relevant in that division just because it's not, there's not any good teams. But, yeah, I do think Friedman has at least talked to them about it or at least thought about it. And I'm already on on the, on the record saying that I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be any big trades happening. But if it's going to be anyone and it's going to be the, Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers making a surprise move. And I think we need to point out that even though maybe the – the way it looks to us is that they just gave away you Darvish. Uh, I've been doing some, some reading up and some listening to some podcasts, some prospect hounds uh, talking about that trade and they feel a lot better about the trade than maybe the average fan does from the Cubs perspective. Uh, the, the thing is the guys they got are mostly really young. Like at least three of the four prospects are younger than 20 and so they're guys who we haven't heard much about yet, but they all they all have potential to turn out to be really good. And so I don't think this was a straight salary dump by the Cubs. And the only reason that's worth noting is because setting expectations as Dodger fans. You know, if we go into it thinking, oh, they're just shedding payroll, they gave away you Darvish, that's going to set unrealistic expectations for what the Dodgers might have to give up if they did trade for Chris Bryant. Obviously, if the Cubs really do want to get rid of Bryant's salary, the the cost would be less, but it's not going to be a case where they're just giving guys away because I don't think that's what they did in the Darvish trade, and I don't think that's what they would do in a Chris Bryant trade. Yeah, everything I've seen is basically kind of like four lottery tickets rather than guys that are a little bit closer to the big leagues and might not be as good, but maybe a little bit higher floor. These guys have seem to have higher ceilings and you just hope that one of them hits. I think we are on our last question and this one. We actually have two, oh, left. two left. Well, we're on second to last question. This one comes from Gavin at GD Lou Hosh. He says, which current Dodgers prospect who hasn't cracked the show yet are you most excited about? Uh hasn't cracked the show yet you know so that most of the guys have at least spent a little time and but i think my answer would be the same either way and that's josiah gray uh i'm i'm really excited to see what josiah gray can do at the big league level there's there's other prospects who i'm excited about some have already gotten a little bit of playing time i am excited to see what zach mckinstry can do um you know and then others are a little bit farther away but but yeah, for me, Josiah Gray, his arsenal, his uh, everything about him. I love his attitude. Obviously, he came on our podcast, so he must be awesome. And I'm excited to see what, what JoJo does at the big league level. Obvious answer, you know, him and anybody that comes on our podcast, we obviously want to see them in the majors because that means they made it and they uh, continue the great great line of players that we've had. I think for me, it was one that's a little bit further away and the fact that I like catchers and I, just the videos I've seen of him makes me excited. That's Diego Cartaya, who is only 19, so he's probably at least three, four years away. But 
I'm excited to see if he continues to develop. I'm excited to see that swing that he brings and the little bit of a swagger I've seen in the videos from him and uh, continue a line of Dodger catching that's been pretty solid so far. But if I had to say one that's I'm going to cheat and do another one. Clay, uh, Clayton Beater has been the guy from the 2020 draft that a lot of people are happy about and a lot of people like and someone that could be in the Dodgers uh, pitching staff next season as a reliever. So And the curveball. I'm a fan of pitchers with good curveballs. So he's the guy that would we're probably going to see more or sooner that I would want to watch. Yep, those are good ones. All right, and now our last question is from s.california at fight on california but the four in california is the number four uh and he or she asks is 2021 the year for gavin lux to break out or are they going to straddle him between the minors and the big leagues like they've been doing yeah i think the plan for gavin lux is to let him win the second base job they want him to be the starting second baseman that plays basically every day and be that guy um, the only way that that's not going to happen is if he doesn't take it. And the only way he becomes someone that straddles between the minors and majors is if he doesn't take that job and he doesn't become the guy that they think they are going to be. We've seen the Dodgers. They've, they've never really straddled the top prospects. We saw Corey Seager probably be in the stay in the minors longer than he should have because of Jimmy Rollins up in the major leagues we saw jock peterson probably play a whole extra season in the minors just because there wasn't really room for him in the majors and we've seen other guys kind of do the same but we've never really seen guys that have been you know up and down the up and down type guys have been like matt Beatty, edwin rios guys like that that are not necessarily top prospects or everyday uh players projected so i think with lux they're going to give him every opportunity to be the starting second baseman and it's going to be up to him to kind of take it yeah and i'd go even farther i don't think he even has to win the second base job i think 2021 is the year that he i think the only way he loses that is if he actually fails to perform for months at the big league level because i think uh i think 2020 was weird because it was a shortened season. They didn't have the, the luxury of letting Lux learn at the big league level. And I think they can in 2021. Uh, and, and so I think he's going to be getting regular playing time from the from the get-go. And if by June he is really, really struggling, then maybe we see a change in plans. But uh, I think they're going to give him a pretty darn long leash. I think the only thing that is going to prevent that is he comes out with the yips again. I can't see them putting him with a long leash. They can put a long leash without hitting. I don't think they have a longer, long as, I don't think the leash is as long if you can't play defense. Maybe. Um, all right, that's the last question. Thank you guys for all your questions. That'll do it for today's episode, unless, Jeff, you have anything else. Uh, no, it's a first episode of a new year. First of roughly 260 for this year that you'll be getting from us. So, uh, yeah, we, we always enjoy talking with you guys. Yeah, thank you all for listening. If you haven't subscribed already, why not start your year off right and subscribe? Why not make it your New Year's resolution to listen to us every single day, Monday through Friday? And if you're not already doing that, uh, you know there's no reason not to. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on, hopefully in the next few months. If not, 
spring training is right around the corner and we'll be back talking about the 2021 season so make sure to do all that subscribe rate review all that good stuff follow us on social media twitter and instagram at lockdown dodgers jeff is on twitter at snydog i'm at vince samperio other ways to get a hold of us you can do email lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or phone call voicemail slash text at 323-863-5625 we're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home tell your smart device to play a podcast locked on dodgers and remember you don't have to agree you just have to listen have a good one we'll talk to you on monday d i say d-o d-o-d-g-e-r-s the team that's all hard Oh, hard and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.